We here are all such innovative people. So I am telling you, if you want to change the world, you're at Georgia Tech. You can do that. If you want to build the Iron Man suit, you're at Georgia Tech. You can do that. If you want to play theme music during your convocation speech like a badass, we're at Georgia Tech. We can do that. I am doing that. And we are doing this. This is the podcast known as What's the Good Word? It's a podcast about Georgia Tech athletics by Georgia Tech alum and fans for Georgia Tech alum and fans. My name is Stephen. I am the alum. His name is Joshua. He is the fan. Joshua, what's the good word? To hell with Georgia, and we're sorry. Yes, we have retractions that we have to make. We want to start off the episode... By issuing an apology, because with our tail between our legs, we well, it's mostly you, but we it's I, me. It, we make lots of small mistakes, but we made a couple of major ones. So one, I will take personal responsibility for. I did say the Louisville game is in Ireland. It is not in Ireland. I'm sure plenty of you caught that. Um, shout out the, to to you. You're the one that pointed it out. Well, I shout out friend of show Kent who acknowledged it. And, Either way, uh, and said, "Hey, the games." That, so I take responsibility for not recognizing and not I was, realizing. Oh yeah, that's right. It's in Atlanta. Not, I was trying to go off memory. It is going to be at Mercedes Benz, Boston College, and it's, I think it's next year. Okay. Either I way, think we're going to Ireland next year. So Georgia Tech will be playing Louisville in Mercedes Benz for, I guess, the Chick Fil A kickoff. I was trying to go off memory. I probably should have just, you know, quickly Googled it in front of me, uh, which would have been probably better as the journalist. So for that, I am sorry. The other one was the Hyundai uh, naming rights deal. We misreported the number because initially before we did the show, the number that I had seen from a couple Georgia Tech accounts that I follow that I trust had said 55. And I think a couple other places have said it recently, but the one that I've seen from other writers, I believe Jeff Schultz himself said it as well, was 70 million. So Hyundai gave $70 million to Georgia Tech over like 20, 30 years. Yeah, I... I, I... I believe it's 30 because I think I saw something about two and a half million dollars a year. Okay. Cause I, that's part of it too, is I think the details are going to come out over time and God forbid we disagree with Jeff Schultz. Cause you know, he's always right. Actually. We, no, Jeff we, Schultz is a whiny fan who's getting paid as a sports writer, which is what I want to be one day. So right. kudos. <laughs> Been that way for 30 years. So uh, anyway, so those are the two uh, retractions we want to make. We do also want to acknowledge at the start of the show, Roman Reigns is, uh, from the Anoy Oki family is still, we acknowledge him as WWE Universal Undisputed 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 Universal WWE Heavyweight 24 Champion. 7 7 No, no, no. That's our I 95. <laughs> oh, so he hasn't been seen on TV since since his last defense. The rumor is he's actually injured. So yeah, he's, get well soon, Roman. Yeah, we, he also deserves a break because he's been carrying the company for three years. Yes. Now others are taking that role, but. Uh, Roman, we hope to see you on the sidelines of a tech football game. Your your uh, your fans and friends would love to see you uh, acknowledge your roots and your team, and hopefully they'll do better. Speaking of which, we are going to talk about Georgia Tech football more at the end of the show. Bring back what Joshua likes to refer to as the chunk. Uh, we will yeah. be talking more about that at the end of the show. Let's get into the news. This is going to be like a preseason practice. We're going to Hit it hard, hit it fast, get uh, the news out of the way, get done, get you back on with your day. 
there will be other shows where we go more in depth and have a lot more to talk about. But the reality is the school session, the semester is just getting started. The seasons are not yet starting. So we're going to talk exhibitions. Consider this our syllabus. Ah, well done. (laughs) Well done. Well done. The teaching assistant will be available on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Lecture here in the large auditorium for Diffie Q on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Oh, man. Uh, reverting back. Some I apologize. Shivers up the spine yeah, there, yeah, buddy. Big, big time. Why don't you get us started, Stephen? All first, right. First story of the day. So, first story of the day comes from volleyball. The Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets have had to reload their roster to some extent. However, they are still preseason ranked number 20. They had their first exhibition game on the flats against Auburn. They had a 4 to 1 victory. They actually won the first three matches 3 0, which in a regular match would have ended it. They played the last two for exhibition reasons and to get some practice in and split those two, but started the season strong, defeating an SEC opponent uh, four games to none. And again, they would have won the match 3-0. So they've, they've got a couple other exhibition games and, and just want to acknowledge that early in the season, they got a couple of really good chances for you to see the team. Like I said, they beat Auburn in the exhibition they're they're opening in a Tampa Bay Invitational and they're going to play Penn State, Ohio State, South Florida, but the big one is early on in the season they are going to play clean old fashioned hate Friday, September 15th at McCamish Pavilion. So of course most of their matches happen in O'Keefe Gymnasium, but on September 15th, Friday, September 15th might be a great way to go see the volleyball team play clean old-fashioned hate, and whoop up on Georgia in McCamish is what we're certainly hoping for. So kudos to the Lady Jackets for winning their first volleyball exhibition match. Get the season off to a great start. We look forward to hearing from you about that. The other piece of news that I wanted to acknowledge is the Hyundai naming rights came with a nice start as well to the what they're doing, and I got to hold on, got to go back on my phone and pull this up, want to acknowledge that there's a new football game day tradition that they are launching, that Hyundai is launching called the Hell of a Block Party. If you go to ramblingrec.com, you can see, learn more about the Hell of a Block Party. Basically, if you've been going to a Yellow Jackets football game, you know that they turn some of the area right behind the stadium into a nice little tailgate area. I believe Hyundai is going to try and upgrade that area, expand that area a little bit. So they've got, uh, they're going to have live entertainment, concessions, food trucks, Coca-Cola products, of course, Georgia Tech signature beer from New Rome Brewing Company, Hella Vienna Lager and Ale of an Engineer, uh, merchandise points of sale, tailgating areas, fun and games, and then also Yellow Jacket Alley. So Yellow Jacket Alley is still going to be there, but they are expanding some of the, from what I understand, the hell of a block party is going to allow them to expand, do a little bit more. It's sponsored by Hyundai. So very excited about that. If you've got tickets to any of the upcoming games, certainly take advantage of the Hyundai hell of a block party. Joshua, I believe you have some basketball news for us to talk about. I do. So Georgia Tech, we had talked about how Damon Sotomayor in the 2023 class wasn't going to, Get a ton of freshmen, right? Because he came in pretty late in the cycle. That is not the case, Stephen. Man, this boy, he is, this guy is working. He is now at, believe it or not, four commits 
for the uh, for the class. So we already have for, talked for about for this upcoming for 2023. season, twenty twenty three. Which, by the way, not to overstate it, but all of the smart people, all of the people who really don't follow the team but follow the team, were saying, "Oh, this is." He'll be. He won't get any recruits for it. it's too late in the season. It'll be tough for him to get. We it. said that. Yeah. Well, I, we weren't the only ones. We were quoting some of the smart people. Some of the dare I say Jeff Schultz's. I don't know what Jeff said. Jeff, Jeff doesn't get what pay attention to Georgia Tech. He's a UGA dog all yeah, the way. So. But anyway, Georgia Tech. We have two new freshmen to report on. They are both 2024 recommits, and they both come from the exact same school in Glendale, Arizona, the Dream City Christian School. The first one is Nathan George, goes by Nate. He is 6'3", 180 pounds, um, a point guard, shooting guard type thing. Looking into his high school stuff, so first of all, the school that he comes from, they're not just a high school team. They have actually have a national team that play against junior colleges, and they're on the grind session prep circuit. So he's from a high school, but he hasn't necessarily been playing a typical high school schedule. Right? He's been playing against college-level players. And then the other thing, kind of what put him on the map recently, was he earned all breakout honors at the Peach Jam playing for the Arizona Unity team, which is Peach Jam is one of the big AAU tournaments mm-hmm. in Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, he averaged 10 points, 4.8 rebounds, and 3.7 assists, while also making 10 of 31 threes. Um, so he had played really well. Uh, he also averaged 15 points, 8 assists, and 5 rebounds for Dream City Christian this past season. So he's played well. Um Recently, he was a 2024 he was class. A 2024. He signs and and redesignates as yes. eligible so you, for this year. You have to hit a certain benchmark. You have to have like certain classes that you've already mm-hmm. taken or whatever to be able to reclassify. So he's coming into school a year early. So will he play? Probably not. But it's a get him in, get him in your strength program, develop him so that hopefully he's ready next year, next year, next year. It's kind of getting him in early as as in of you know if you play another year of high school. What more else is there for him to, you know, he's taking it up a level early. Right, right. Uh, the other new one is his teammate, Ibrahim Soare, coming from Dream City himself. He is a power forward, 6'9", 210, actually from uh, Guinea in Africa. So, uh, bah, 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 bah. he has a 7'3 wingspan. Um, he was listed at 6'7". The only stats that are available for him is that one he did actually he actually has FIBA experience in 2022 he was part of the U18 African Championship in Madagascar where he played for Guinea he averaged 11.7 points 7.7 rebounds and 1.7 assists uh this past season he also played for Dream City um and then he was on that same Arizona Unity team at Peach Jam where he averaged 7.7 points and 5.8 rebounds so Damon was obviously in attendance for Peach Jam, saw what he liked, and was like, well, you guys are qualified. You want to come to school a little early? So, again, but will they play? Probably not. Um, he also did have um, – sorry, I just remembered this. Soare had an offer from Oregon, which is a pretty big deal. Oregon tends to be a relatively high-level mm-hmm. uh, basketball school. The other ones listed are Niagara and Oakland. So Oregon had kind of gotten in early, but – so, so this now, as far as the incoming freshman class, he has Bai Ndongo, uh, the 6'9 uh, freshman. He also mm-hmm. has Ibrahim Asako, uh, a, a 6'6 freshman. Both of those guys were uh, international players. Yes. Uh, Sako from, I believe... Ontario. Se- yeah, but by way of Senegal, I believe. I, I, I'm not sure exactly where, but 
and then uh, and and so now he's got these uh, these other two. Yeah, so he's, and he's Nate George in, is also Canadian, so he's he's brought in four freshmen, international. Too. Yeah, he's, he's getting a little international he, flavor. He has a he has a full roster. You've got to give him credit for that, and he I believe he's got a strategy. There's a lot of tall, athletic guys on this roster. Yeah, absolutely. So that's a NBA style offense to be sure. We will see how it goes. I do want to give a little love before we. Oh, oh, I apologize. I was going to say, there's still I more. I so apologize. September is where he is starting to kick up 2024 recruiting. All right. Bring it. So we've already talked about towards George Sex in the top four, top six for a couple pretty big prospects. Mm-hmm. And that continues. So they've already had visits with a couple big time prospects. The big one to keep an eye on is Jaden Mustaf. He's going to announce his commitment on September 14th, my birthday. So good birthday gift, Mustaf, would be to come to Georgia Tech. He's a top um, 50-ish player, depending on where you look at, 24-7. It has him at 28. In the composite, he's 43. But he's a local kid, um, went to overtime elite, Atlanta, Georgia. Wait, wait. Oh, so he is so, a top 30 recruit. So 24-7 Sports has their own ranking. Yeah. And they have him at 28. Wow. The composite takes into account a bunch of other stuff like on three, ESPN. My point is the highest ranking recruit to come to Tech in a while. Probably, yeah. Um, but they're also going to be hosting some visits. Another overtime elite guy will be do, taking a visit on the first, Darian Sutton, mm-hmm. um, number 82 in the 24-7 Sports. Um, he's been recruited by Carl Hobbs mainly. He's also got visits scheduled for Michigan and Missouri. Uh, they're also going to host a wing from Texas, Josiah Mosley, who's already visited USC. Um, and he's also going to be visiting Illinois, Villanova, Texas. So some big-time guys. Uh, September 15th is the official visit for Ethan Lanth- Latham, uh, number 96. I, I believe that's Latham. Latham, but- number 96 in the list. He's also talking to LSU, Virginia Tech. Um, also got a kid out of Dallas, Dorian Onuchikwa, I believe is how you say it. If I butchered, I am so sorry. Um, talking to some other Texas schools as well as Mississippi State and Xavier. You've also got Jaden Smith from the Chicago area uh, being the last one. He's number 147. He's also visiting Arizona State as of now. So Georgia Tech getting into the talk with some a lot of top 150 guys. Uh, we'll see how that goes. If you can get one, maybe two of them. Sure. In addition to guys like Jakari Harris, who's you're still top six. Curtis Givens, you're still kind of top four, top five for him. He's, He's giving himself a chance to bring in some top recruits to go along with hopefully a vastly improved roster. Ideally, yes. Yes, and I would state this would be the part where I would state that if any of you are interested in watching this new team, season tickets are on sale. You can go to ramblinrec.com. I'm not sure if single-game tickets are on sale yet, but as Joshua and I went to a few games last year, there's plenty of tickets available. Because yeah. nobody came to watch the team last year. So if you want to see something new, you want to see a new style of basketball, a new coach who appears to be building something, then come out and support Tech basketball this year. Tickets are going to be very affordable. I also want to acknowledge, before we talk football real quick, I do want to acknowledge the women's basketball team coming off arguably one of, if not their best season, between volleyball no, and basketball. They weren't good. Oh, sorry. Women's basketball Sorry, team? two years ago. Two years yeah, ago. There yeah, there you go. So they were rebuilding last year. My apologies. It was the volleyball team that had their arguably yes. their best season. So women's uh, women's teams at Tech have done very well. Uh, Nell Fortner was, was rebuilding last year. She brought in four freshmen again this year. I apologize ahead of time if I mispronounce her names, but DeAsia Thomas-Harris, 
is an incoming freshman, along with Ruzni Agastinate, or no, excuse me, Augusta, yeah, Augustinate. I believe that's how she pronounces her name. And the uh, Arianda Termis and the Jada uh, Bediaco, who I believe was the top recruit uh, that we brought in this last year. So four incoming freshmen to go with some uh, other seniors and, and juniors. And again, it's kind of spread out, but four freshmen coming into both teams. So we want to wish the Lady Jacket uh, basketball team uh, good luck as well, as I'm sure they will be ramping up the start of their practice here in the next few weeks. All right, Joshua, here we go. It's time to turn the page. It's time to get to the main event of the evening of this podcast. And that would be to talk about the football team. We mentioned it last episode, kind of talked about what we had seen, what little was being acknowledged in practice. The biggest news that came out of the last scrimmage and the first start of practice, really heading into the practice, getting ready for the Louisville game on September 1st. Where's that game being held? Mercedes-Benz. Mercedes-Benz, baby. Downtown Atlanta. That's right. Get some tickets now. That is that the quarterback has been named. Haynes King, the transfer from Texas A&M, has been declared the starter for the Louisville game. Your reaction to that? Um, So when you take the emotions out of it, because I'm – We'll acknowledge this by saying Zach Pyron is most definitely was de- definitely the people's choice from what I saw. A lot of the fans that I saw were very pro Pyron because we watched him last year. Yes, yeah, he, we and know we, who he and is. we like him. He's a fighter. He's he's gutsy. He's mm-hmm. got all those things fans love. Yeah, he's, he's kind of that guy you'd let date your daughter. Um, anyway, all right, there you go. So, but Haynes King, um, when you kind of boiled down to it, it didn't really surprised me because there's a couple things that I would I would argue one Haynes King is the veteran right I mean Zach Pirate is a sophomore a redshirt freshman but this is his second year of college ball this is going to be Haynes King's fourth year on a college football roster he went got into Texas Tech in 2020 and we've he's never really had a full season but in the times that he's been healthy if you look at his career numbers like the rate based stuff versus Pyron's last year in for his career, Haynes King has a 56.6 completion percentage. Zach Pyron last year had a 59.8, okay. right? Um, you know, Zach Pyron had three touchdowns and three interceptions. Haynes King has 10 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. Haynes King's rating is 121.1. Zach's rating is 122.4. So realistically, they're both sim- very similar quarterbacks at this juncture in time. Um, putting Haynes King out there, he's been on a bigger stage. He's played the Alabamas, right? I mean, the and he played well against Alabama. Let's not forget that. Um, I don't think that Pyron's going to forever ride the bench. One, unfortunately, Haynes King has suffered with injuries, so there's always a chance that he gets a little dinged, and we got to put Zach out there. Um, I also would be willing to bet that there's a relatively short leash. I don't think that they're that far apart. I don't think it's like, oh, far and away it was Haynes King. It was sort of like, well – Haynes has, you know, been good at this and this, but Zach's been good at this and this. We're going to start with Haynes because he's he's done this before, right? I think it's very important to note that in Brent Key's press conference where he announced Haynes King as the starter, it was very obvious to see that he went out of his way to acknowledge Zach Pyron's career is not done. Zach oh, Pyron no. is still a very important part of what we're doing. Yeah. And that was not lip service. Brent Key's not a big lip service guy. 
No, I mean, he, Haynes, or Zach is going to be the quarterback of the future because he's a redshirt freshman. So, And Zach is going to have a lot of chances, I think, to even make the field this year, whether through injury or through we need a spark yeah. or through, you know what, let's just give him a couple of drives. Potentially even goal line packages yeah, because he's exactly more of a right. That's exactly so, right. And, I mean, even if he does, right, let's say Haynes King stays healthy this year and next year. Let's say he takes his, his senior year. That means Zach is looking at being the starter's redshirt yep. junior campaign. So yep. he's going to have another two years to sit and learn and watch. And if he wants to transfer, he can. That's obviously a risk, but it is what it is. And, again, I don't think they're that far apart. I don't think that Zach Pyron is most definitely – like it was clear he was the backup. I think that he's closer to being a 1B than he is to being a 2. And And the reality is this team has had a record the last few years that – it has to be acknowledged whether you rooted for Zach Pyron and wanted that or whether you thought Haynes King was the man uh, because of the transfer. What matters is who's going to give us the best chance to win. So at this point, you have to trust the coach. You have no reason but to trust the coach. And until he gives us reason not to trust him, Haynes King is a starter. Let's see how he does against Louisville and see how the first few weeks go. And besides, like, Jeff Sims, for example, he's the starter at Nebraska right now. He's been named the starter by Matt Rule. I, a lot of people are talking him up because, one, he's talented, and, two, when you change the coaching staff and the supporting cast, that can have a big effect yep. on, 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 your, on you as a player. And Haynes King is leaving the dumpster fire that has been Texas A&M. Right. They had a really good COVID year. But in the last couple years, they have been the laughingstock of the SEC. There's been a whole lot of disciplinary problems backstage. There's been plenty of um, just attitude problems. So getting into a system where, you know, Brent Key seems to be a bit of a no-nonsense type of guy. Um, and, again, George Tech's probably got his best wide receiver room in yes. years, probably decades. Yes. Um, he's going to have plenty of talent there, so it's not like he's going to be thrown to nobody, which I think was one of the biggest problems with Jeff sometimes was, you know, we can talk about he didn't make the greatest decisions, but also he didn't have a ton of reason to trust everybody that was outside. And he wasn't protected a lot either. Yeah. There's part of that, too. So the supporting cast will probably be the strongest it's been since Paul Johnson left, which I think is a plus for whoever is at quarterback. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't I don't have any problems okay. with it. So yeah, so we'll we'll and listen, it's this is why it's a preseason. Let's see what happens. Moving on, we have said many times on this show we are not gonna go game by game and go, that's a win, that's a loss, that's a win, that's a loss. Okay, here's where we're at. But and we're also not going to do the predict the, the the record at this point in time. There will be plenty of time to discuss the record as the record begins to develop. What I will ask is, what are you looking for? What are you expecting? What do you want to see out of Brent Key's first full year as Georgia Tech head coach? Discipline, discipline. I want to see a disciplined football team. I mean, obviously there was problems with. Plenty of stuff with Jeff Collins um, as the head coach. But one of the biggest problems was even when you did get an opportunity, they would consistently shoot themselves in the foot with bad decisions or turnovers or penalties or just not really trying. There's a Jordan Yates said it best in the TikTok video he made about playing Georgia. It, the Georgia player looked at it and was like, y'all are so unprepared. Mm -hmm. I want to see preparedness. I want to see a disciplined football team who goes in and knows what they want to do. 
Jeff Collins sure did change the culture from Paul Johnson because yeah, we went from being incredibly disciplined and not kill, not not hurting ourselves to hurting ourselves left and right. A little too often. Okay, yes, so, so discipline is number one. Uh, let me let me give you a chance to say something else as well. Anything else you're looking for? I want to watch Buster Faulkner's offense. I, okay. The words about the players are ranting and raving about him. Dante Smith has been very outspoken in how much he's enjoyed being in this offense. A couple of the receivers have come out and said they really enjoy it. I'm intrigued to see what Buster has in store. Um, let me let me take what you said, and I believe I'm going to say it a different way. I think we're on the same page with this. What I want to see is I want to watch a team that when the game is over, more often than not, we say to each other, hey, I think that's the best. That's as close to the best as that team can play. That's what I that's what I want. As a Georgia Tech football fan, you just want to say, of course you want to win. We always want to win. But I just want to look at the team and go, they played well. They they played as well as they could. This didn't go our way. That didn't go our way. We didn't we ran up against a buzzsaw that just we couldn't beat us. But and I have in my mind, and I can't remember all the details for the life of me, but when Joe Hamilton led that tech team and we and we played Florida State and we just lost. We we barely missed out on, I believe, an ACC championship. We walked off the field. It was like, well, that's the best that our team can do. Like we maybe we didn't execute perfectly, but we played. That was the best that team played. And it's like we just we couldn't get over the hump. But boy, I was proud of how they played. You can lose and still be very proud of how you play. We I haven't been proud of this team. I've been proud of the coaching staff preparing the team for a while. And so that's the biggest thing I want to see. Am I am I on the same page with you with that? I'd say so. I mean, just you know, I don't want to. Yeah, that the easiest way to say it is, yeah, I'm not going to expand on that. I think you said it very well. All right, so let me – I wanted to bring up one other thing, and that – one other thing about coaching before we go into the last part about talking about this football team in our preseason expose, in our preseason syllabus, episode. Syllabus class. The syllabus. The syllabus the class syllabus of, the football of the football team. I wanted to go back – so because Joshua has semi-rolled his eyes, but also slight sarcasm in his voice – as we've heard some of the fans who go online, man, we're going to win nine games. We're going to beat Georgia. We're going to, you know, and, and a little bit of the un, unrealistic expectations. But by the same token, the the pundits are picking us to finish 13th or something like that or 12. Depends on where you look. The Athletic yeah. has us at five and seven. Bleach Report has us at three and nine. Okay. I trust and, the Athletic a heck of a lot more. And I, and I loved Brent Key's response when they asked him about the prediction. And he goes, I could care less. He goes, listen, if I was a fan, I'd be just as excited as you guys are. This is your job. You do it really well. This is what you're supposed to do. He goes, but I'm the coach. I don't care. My job is to get my team ready and to play our best. And I loved how he did acknowledge he wasn't calling fans stupid or the writers stupid. He goes, listen, that's what you guys have to do because you're not practicing. But that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what you guys predict for me as the coach and for them as players. I I loved how smart he was and how he said that. But I want to acknowledge the starting records of some of the past Georgia Tech coaches. Of course, he who we're going to try to not name ever again as little as possible started three nine three and seven. He also went three and nine, and then one and three and got fired. So there that he never got out of the starting blocks. Now Paul Johnson had the best start of any Georgia Tech coach in a long time. He went nine and four and eleven and three. Everybody said, "Oh, that was with Chan's guys." I'll get to Chan in a second. 
he did follow that with six and seven, and then eight and five, and then seven and seven and seven and six, and then another eleven three, and then the bad three and nine season and nine and four. So he started. George, Paul Johnson started great, nine and four and eleven and three, but he even had a six and seven season in his third season. Chan Gailey, Mister Seven and Six, Seven and Six, Seven and Six, Seven and Five, Seven and Five, and then he had a nine and five. Since a theme. Oh man, Chan was Mister Seven and Six. But George O'Leary, the great George O'Leary, arguably my favorite coach, he started six and five and five and six in his first two years. Bill Lewis was the other coach who will never be talked about because he went five and six, five and six, and he went one and ten, but he too got fired and George took over. But George wasn't, I mean, he didn't win a game when he took over in that one and ten season. Good old Bobby Ross, everyone's favorite, the national championship coach. He went two and nine and three and eight in his first two years after Bill Curry before going seven and four. Speaking of Bill Curry, he had a one and nine and one and ten season before going six and five. So, you know, I don't want to go too much past that going back to Pepper and, and Fulcher and Bud Carson and stuff. The reality is it is hard to win in your first year. You're trying to change what you need to change. You're trying to build something. And sometimes building doesn't always equate to wins. Add to that the fact that we have to play Georgia, the back-to-back defending national champions, to hell with them. We also have to play another strong SEC team in Ole Miss. And Clemson. And Clemson. And Wake Forest. And So there you go. And Louisville. Yeah, yeah, okay. So that's why we arguably have the hardest schedule in all of the ACC. Eh, I'm not going to whine about it. It's just it is what it is. So let's be patient. And what do you want to see apart from wins? Do you, I want to see a culture being built? And I, you know, Joshua talked about discipline. I want to see improvement and I want to see us and be able to tell, hey, they're playing their best. Because you know what was very easy to see in the last coach? That we weren't even close to playing at our peak. Not at all. Yeah. All right. Last thing about football as we wrap up the thesis is wild card or uh, actually let's, let's focus on Louisville. Let's do the thesis of the first game or let's do the syllabus. It is coming up next Friday. That's right. September 1st. Where's that game being played? Mercedes Benz. I love it. We acknowledge. I want to ask what needs to happen for Georgia tech to win other than score more points. What, what are we going to see? What are some of the key things that need to happen? I, I, how about I start? Go for it. Okay. The reality is we're heading into the season believing and hoping that our offense is going to be so much better than the abysmal thing that it's been the last couple of years. Our defense has been the only bright spot of our team, especially last year, and kept us in games to hopefully the offense score enough points. So to me, what you want to see is a dramatic improvement in the offense, and it becomes obvious that we might be able to control the ball. We might be able to give our quarterback some time. Our our receivers can get open so that we can hit them. If those things start to happen, we should score more points. So then it becomes, can the defense just be good enough? We are. I believe there's a chance we're going to have a drop from how good we were, and I don't think it'll ever be understood how good that defense was because of how bad the offense was last year. So if our offense gets significantly better or markedly better, can the defense kind of stay relevant and stay good? It doesn't have to be amazing, but if it can stay good, then you're giving yourself a chance to to be able to get a drive because the way we won last year was we just we had to be able to get enough points and the defense kind of 
hold the look other at the, team. Look at the UNC game. Yeah. That's exactly how. Yeah. The easiest way for us to win, especially against good teams, is the defense makes play after play right. after play. And even score play. points or put us and in a point to And UNC drops a touchdown. Yeah. And then Georgia Tech gets a short field and gets is able to get a field like it. So I don't want to win off of – I don't want – I guess, you know, of course you can always say luck, but I think it just needs to be that we walk out there and go, holy cow, we can control the line of scrimmage. That's it. That's that's the one thing. The easiest way to win in football is to win the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball. Yeah. You can win both lines of scrimmage. Everything else becomes a heck of a lot easier. So if the defensive line can maintain some of the production that it showed last year, um, if you can continue to get pressure on Louisville, you know, obviously you're – We've talked about it. Replacing Keon White, who was like a quarter of your sacks last year. So if you can do, if you can continue to put a little pressure on Plummer and main, maintain your ability to stop the run, that'll really help the defense. But the biggest thing is going to be the offensive line has to protect Haynes King, right? I mean, you, the offensive line has to take a step forward from where it was last year. That is the easiest way for this offense to get better. We can talk about the receiving room, the running back room, the quarterback battle. If they aren't protected, it doesn't matter. Right, so you have to see step forwards from Weston Franklin, uh, Jordan Williams. You know, you got Paul Paul Chow maybe play well. Joe Fusile, uh, Connor Scaglione maybe helps with as a veteran guard. Either way, you if the offensive line and the defensive line can play well, that's going to really help the team win that game. So we would love to hear from you. You've heard our thoughts about the football team. You've checked out our syllabus of what we see for the season. Let us know what you think. Tell us what your predictions are. By the way, please feel free to email us and say, this is a win, this is a loss, this is a win, this is a loss. Just because we don't want to do it doesn't mean you can't do it. But I just I don't think that's a very tech endeavor. Uh, well, I also think doing it this early in the season, it's like, I saw a dude the other day say that Alabama was going to go 7-5, and five, and I really wanted to comment and go sir whatever you're smoking on i think that it should be considered illegal um and again i mean some of it will come down to we don't know what's happening we're talking about all this on paper once you get down on the field right buster faulkner's offense is is that much better than what we thought and oh well all those some of those losses become potential wins or well that's why sports is the greatest reality television because we don't know what the script is going to be till we get out there and play so is that exactly why wrestling is the greatest sport ever because they tell you there's a script. Right. Because it's the only sport that at least acknowledges publicly that it's all fixed. So uh, we want to encourage you to uh, email us. Uh, if you want to become a friend of show, give us some updates. Tell us the mistakes we make. Give us your syllabus of what you see for the football season and what you're hoping for. You can email us at joshuajulian26 at outlook.com. You can also leave us a review on Apple or Spotify or your favorite podcasting platform that we appear on. We would love to grow this show organically. Please feel free to tell any other alum and fans of Georgia Tech Athletics about this podcast. We try not to waste your time. We try to be slightly silly, a little entertaining, but cover the topics of sports so that you kind of know what's happening around the athletic program. So for the fan, Joshua, this is the alum, Stephen, and we will end this show the way we always end with the life-changing question what's the good word